and welcome back to the Mixed Martial Arts Street Podcast. This will be our fifth episode, and we'll be talking about Oliver versus Poirier, even though it happened two weeks ago. <laughs> we're we're two weeks late, but uh, you know we were busy then, and this was a great card of fights. We didn't want to miss this one, so got to talk about these fights we have to got to yeah um i mean you look up and down this card and you see names galore i mean sean o'malley uh cody garbrandt amanda nunez charles Oliveira, dustin poirier some of those names won some of them lost some of them lost in horrible fashion (laughs) (laughs) um and even you look at uh, the undercard bam 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 Bam, tai tuivasa um dominic cruz Pedro Munoz, a lot of great mm-hmm. names. Josh Emmett, Danny Ige. Like those were those are names that were weren't even on the main card. Those are main yeah. card names. And and they, they were fighting on the undercard. So a great card up and down. Um, we have a lot to talk about today. So we're gonna jump right into the first fight. Um Ben, Ben, do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna fire off about Sean O'Malley? Because I know you've been itching to talk about Sean O'Malley for weeks. Sugar now. Sean O'Malley. I mean, we talk about Sean O'Malley every week, but I just love to love to see the Sugar Show in action fighting. Paiva was ranked the week before the fight and then got demoted right before the fight. Yeah. So I was kind of kind of upset about that because I wanted to see O'Malley be a ranked opponent. Um, doesn't mean like Paiva wasn't still like, I guess because he got demoted, but I mean he still was like a ranked caliber of opponent and he put in quick work of him and it did get him ranked we talked about that last week it did get him ranked i think he's i think he's 12 now 12 yeah i want to say i don't know if that's right but i I forget yeah go ahead and go ahead and look while while i start talking about this because yeah this fight was um this is one of sean o'malley's biggest tests i mean Cheeto Vera, obviously his only loss. I'm going to use qu- loss in quotations as I always yep, do. Got to. He he dropped he dropped the zero at the beginning of this fight. He 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 still yeah. did it when Bruce Buffer said 13 wins, one loss. He still dropped the O. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it was a doctor stoppage in his mind. He doesn't believe he doesn't consider it a loss. Um, Which everyone mean, just about everyone else will. But um, yeah. Well, props to him. I mean, it's a he, he's a big believer in uh, the law of attraction. So, if he can convince himself that he hasn't, if he's that he's undefeated and that he hasn't lost, then I'm sure that that does wonders for him. And um, yeah, no, this this performance um, coming into the fight, he said he had rib injuries. Um, I looked, I, I linked uh, right here, Ben, the first link. If you click it, um, okay. those are all the medical suspensions from this card. Um, Sean O'Malley has to get, he, I don't know. I didn't know if, uh, they followed up on this, but he had to get his right hand looked at. Um, he had a possible, before or after like, the fight. this is after, um, okay. thankfully, if, the, if it was before they may not have let him fight. Um, but if you scroll down to, uh, yeah, I mean, do you see it? Broke there? his, broke his hand on Piva's jaw. I mean, he could have suspensions. It may have been before the fight, though. Yeah, it says must have X-ray and MRI on right hand slash base of thumb. If positive, must receive clearance from orthopedic doctor or no contest until June 10th. So we might not see him fighting it until June, unfortunately. 
Um, but um, he had rib injuries coming into this. That that much is known. He may have had a right hand injury, which explains why um, he he really wasn't as accurate as he usually is. With um, Paiva wasn't um the defensive wonderkin that um, I mean he, he O'Malley really hasn't fought anyone who has great defense yet. But um, there were a couple times he threw that overhand right. Obviously, the overhand right was the beginning of the end, um, about four yep. minutes into the fight. But he threw that a couple times before then um, and didn't connect. And that's very odd to see O'Malley uh, not land punches. He's, he's very consistent. Um, I mean, you're talking about him not being accurate, but he landed 40 of 63 total strikes. Oh, sure. Like, that's still... <laughs> <laughs> that's still crazy accurate for I, I just think it's I just anybody. think it was a it was a it was an okay performance I have high expectations for him <laughs> yeah so, so do I but I mean with him being at the time unranked like this was besides um was I'm blanking on his name his his loss um like this was one of his more tougher challenges and I mean, he showed up. He showed up. Showed up. He really did. Paiva only Paiva only had eleven strikes. Yeah, the whole fight. Yeah, um, and it did kind of finish going first round. But I mean, couldn't get anything. And that is what O'Malley's so strong with his known for. What yeah, he's I'm so sorry. he's so strong with the fakes and just breaking down a person's defenses and mm-hmm. throwing those feints and all of his shoulder movements and with him fighting with his hands down. I mean, it's definitely an adjustment. And you think, especially in his next couple of fights, I have a feeling somebody has got to catch on and like someone has to and figure out a way, but it just seems like he's kind of found his own style of fighting. And like, it might turn into kind of like a new wave of, fighting but i mean at this point he's he's just dominating i think he 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 knows his strengths and he plays them really well um yeah being at 135 he's really lanky and really big so he's already mm-hmm. got a massive reach advantage over uh other people um and a pretty big speed advantage as well and if you combine that with the feints he has i will say i'm going to expose him a little bit i i love i love you sean I hope you're watching or listening. I hope, but you're probably not. Um, I think his fatal flaw is still those low calf kicks. So Paiva only landed 11 strikes. I think three or four of those were low calf kicks. And um, there were a couple of times in the fight where Paiva would uh, faint like a calf kick and O'Malley doesn't react. Um, He's not afraid of being leg kicked. And I think that's like a huge uh, flaw for him because bless you, by the way. I saw. <laughs> thank you. I muted myself, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, he he's he's uh, that's what lost in the Cheeto fight. Obviously, the the injury to his leg. It's like yeah. he's he he's not afraid to get kicked in the legs, but he doesn't realize that those kicks are damaging. Like, and because he's a mobile fighter that relies on kicks push kicks, front yeah. kicks, body kicks, spinning kicks. Um, and also his right, his 
right cross that he, he's so deadly, his overhand right, when he switches to orthodox and throws that overhand right, the one that finished the fight, all these yeah. hooks, those are all reliant on footwork and and foot movement. And um, leg kicks are are going to are going to obliterate him if he moves up. Yeah. Um, you look at the fighters he's calling out. A lot of them are boxers. I think he uh, he knows what his his weakness is. I think he knows that the leg kick thing is a weakness, and he wants mm-hmm. to he wants to fight Cody Garbrandt, not someone who's known for leg kicks. He's he's a boxer. He wants to fight Dominic Cruz, who yeah he utilizes leg kicks, but Dominic Cruz is pretty reliant on footwork and and boxing. He wants to prove himself against a high caliber boxer, which is the opposite of what Jake Paul wants to do. He doesn't want to prove himself against boxers at all. I, of course I pivoted to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we actually, I don't think we have anything to say about Jake Paul. Oh, not this, this week. Thank God. Th- yeah. This week. Yeah. We talked too much about him last week. I know we did. Apparently his um, pay-per-view uh, tanked. It always does. Nobody <laughs> wants to give that guy money. Uh, um, I feel like all but, his fans are like, internet fans and they all know how to like find out how to get his fight for free and well, they're, they're younger too and they're not going to spend exactly the six the sixty dollars to or watch more. him fight tyron woodley and watch darren williams fight frank gore but um going back yeah, to his fans probably don't even know O'Malley. who frank gore is exactly um that's um, funny but going back to the the leg kicks is honestly like it's kind of like it's his greatest weakness, but it's also his greatest strength is that, I mean, he doesn't throw too many leg kicks, but his are so deadly and he uses them in, in a way that creates space because he knows he has that reach advantage and the, the speed over most of his opponents that he fights. And he utilizes them well to kind of keep that space. And whenever they can whenever his opponents can kind of get to his legs, I mean, he can get to, especially with his legs, I mean, he can get to anywhere. And he's so creative with his leg kicks that he throws those those spinning kicks. He throws this straight kick to the body, which is just so brutal. Just like, I mean, even if it doesn't hit super well, it, it'll push you back. It can knock the wind out of you. So, I mean. I like his body work. I think that's what, yeah. um, that, that's what really uh, sealed it against Paiva there. He was landing a lot to the head and Paiva was, was taking a lot, a lot of it. But as soon as he threw that right hook to the body in that flurry and Paiva's hands dropped, that's when, that's when the fight was over. So um, yeah. Yeah. No, Sean O'Malley. Fantastic. Um, do you have yeah, anything please. else to, to say about him? I know there was a lot said in post fight, but we've talked a lot about him the past couple weeks. Um, I know. I still will. Um, He's still like, He's he's a character. I, <laughs> I I I love watching him fight. He's so entertaining. I mean, he the really the is. stuff that the stuff that he throws is just so brutal. He's so like, he's so quick. He yeah, can I just I don't know how he does it. He can just throw crazy combinations that you you don't think you would see or like whatnot, and he'll just throw him like in his normal repertoire like he's got he's got so much in the bag and and i think he's still trying to build up like he is still decently young he's still kind of growing so of course he's going to play to his strengths right now he's still rising 
But I mean, for him to be like really successful in this weight class, which I think he should stay in this weight class for a while. I mean, he could move up eventually, but I mean, I, I don't think, I don't see him doing that until he's found like great success in bantam weight. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think next up for him, I mean, what Ricky, yeah, who, who Ricky do you want to see him fight next? Ricky Simone fought last week. I think that's a really bad matchup for O'Malley, though, because Simone okay. is an elite level grappler. Um, I really hope that fight doesn't happen just because I think that's where the hype train would stop. Um, I, I just don't think O'Malley's grappling is on that level yet. I'd like to see him fight Dominic Cruz next, honestly. I don't, I don't know that's if that's going to happen, but. They just fought I mean, on the same card, so yeah. I mean, you you think with how yeah they fought on the same card. He was calling them out, like, and all and like pre pre card pre fight, like about how he's unranked and he's fighting on the main card and Dominic Cruz isn't. Yeah, and I mean, I think because I mean that's that's O'Malley's like bread and butter is like the pay per view buys. Mm-hmm. Like he just brings people in like. He's a super entertaining fighter. He's that's why he's one of my favorite fighters. I mean, for all of those reasons, and with all that, like the back end stuff, like the stuff you see on like, like on the news and whatnot, not like the actual news. <laughs> yes, CNN's covering Sean O'Malley Sean and O'Malley. stuff, but yeah, <laughs> breaking um, news. But I mean that kind of stuff in Dominic Cruz's a well-known he's a not i want i want to say household name but he's he's well known and he's ranked seventh i think that i think that fight will bring in a ton ton of like views ton of buys um depending on if it's if it's a fight night or a like a a numbered ufc fight i don't see them putting sean o'malley on something that doesn't have pay-per-view attached to it um I think he's he's I don't I don't know if he's like McGregor level yet obviously cuz he's Yeah not yeah. Like, um but he sure is getting there. Um yeah, he it's said a good comparison. The bantamweight division is stacked. Stacked up and down. And who is the most sought after name in the bantamweight division? Sean O'Malley. He's calling out he's calling out the interim champ. Meanwhile the interim champ was like all right yeah 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 like but he's actually talking back to Sean. Like this guy's keep in mind, this is before his last fight. He's not even ranked yet. And you have the interim yeah. champ talking more about an unranked guy than the champ that he's about to fight. Like, yeah, it, I just he, think it's, it's insane. He, he has a, he has a great environment around him. I mean, he's doing it right. He's he, doing he, it right. he really is. I, I, I love everything he's doing. I, I want to see him succeed. I want to see him get a belt. I don't think he, I know he's not quite there yet, um, but I mean, I I can't wait to see what else he does. Um, <laughs> should we talk? Should we talk about picks? We we didn't talk about all of, all oh, of the picks. Shoot. Yeah. Well, okay. We can just go, do it as we go because the only fight I don't really want to talk about is of the main card fights is Jeff Neal and Santiago Ponzinibbio. Not that it was a bad fight, but we had to make cuts places. We have a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah. Um, that was a great fight. Jeff Neal pulled it out. Um, yep. But I, we can just say our picks as we go. So I yeah. think we both had Sean O'Malley for that first one. Right. Who, who got the most right? Oh, 
Okay. I'll go, I'll go over that quickly. So we had a lot, a lot of people pick for us in the house. So you had, you went three of five, you had Sean O'Malley, Kai Carr, France and Charles Oliveira. Yep. You, but you also had Santiago Ponsnibio and Amanda Nunes. Yep. I mean, who you got Amanda Nunes wrong. I think yeah, what am I supposed to do? Not too. Amanda um, Nunes. I had, I also went three of five. I had Sean O'Malley, yep. Jeff Neal and Charles Oliveira, but I had Cardi, Cody Garbrandt and Amanda Nunes. So yada, yada, yada. Um, Cello was... went four of five. He actually, of course beat, he did. He beat, he beat, um, not only you and I, but also Bishop, but I wanted to go to Bishop's last. Well, um, yeah. Cello, Cello went four of five. He had Sean O'Malley, Kai Carr, France, Jeff Neal, and Charles Oliveira, but obviously he picked Amanda Nunes. So, um, yeah. that's, that's a shame. Throw, Bishop, throw on the other nice. hand. Bishop, on the other hand, um, probably knows Big the Pena. least about MMA of all yeah I, I'll, I say probably he definitely knows the least about mma yeah of the four of us he had sean o'malley kaikara france um he picked santiago ponzinibbio so he got that one wrong he also picked dustin poirier got that one wrong but he picked juliana pena yeah <laughs> he, he picked the upset so that's the, insane a, I, mean, I don't think he a huge upset really what he did um he's yeah. probably like oh wow cool like juliana pena won um that's one of probably i know on paper i think it was the third biggest upset and by on paper i mean betting odds um but in my opinion that was... that's the biggest upset in history oh my gosh that's bigger than ronda rousey holly Holm because um the way the way that fight ended was ronda rousey tried to box and it was like okay ronda rousey's not a boxer she's a judo fighter and it, it didn't end well um you look at other fights i think tj dillashaw was a huge underdog against hennen barrow and looking back at that that's aged extremely poorly because tj dillashaw is now one of the best bantamweights of all time um yeah and so is hennen barrow but tj dillashaw is like a two-time champ um juliana pena um most didn't even consider her a threat at the bantamweight level at all, let alone like should be fighting for a belt. And she went in there um, before the fight. She talked a lot about um, basically, oh, I'm just going to go in there and tire out Nunez and then I'm going to finish her. Yeah. And that's exactly she- what she did. Yeah, in the in the pre in the pre fight, I mean, she was talking all this. She's like, I'm, she's like, I'm, I, I want a chance. I need a chance. I can beat her. And she was talking all this talk. She walked into the arena like very serious. And Pena just like talking about her kid and like seemed like very kind of nonchalant and casual. Like she like saw the that minus one thousand odds and was like. Not that she saw that, but like I, she knew who she was, and she's like, I didn't seem like she had to worry about it too much. Um, and I mean, Pena proved herself. That was a insane fight. That I, I remember watching that. It left me speechless. Um, I linked. I think he just clicked on. It. I linked this. Yep. Um, these odds. I just also like 
just for you, I want to point out this this top this picture at the top of the article. Yeah. <laughs> what is she is, wearing? What is she wearing? And look at Dana. She's wearing like shoelaces. Like... Ronda Rousey, to for those listening at home, because I know you can't see what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, this is an article from 2015 from Bleacher Report. It's just the the updated odds on the Ronda Rousey Holly Holm fight. And the picture at the top is the stare down between the two. But Ronda Rousey is wearing a dress with like sneaker shoelaces tying the tying it together at the top and it's not even centered it's like moved to the right and then there's another i don't even know what it is it's, it's like it's, a it's very dress. it's very fashionable <laughs> for how just for like the occasion and holly holmes just in like a t-shirt like a long sleeve dry fit dry fit yeah. t-shirt and then you got dana white just giving this holly Holmes this like I don't know, Dana White beating, just cracks. You're not beating Ronda face. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. He just everything he does just cracks me up for some reason. Oh, he's um, great. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sure. Fire. I want to. I want to talk about Jake Paul again. Oh God. Did you see? Uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> Did you see uh, Dana like respond to Jake? Oh yeah, shut down the fights completely. Well, he's like, no, he well, he was like, he's like, Jake always like makes jokes and calls me like a cokehead and stuff. And he's like, I will submit to like, uh, like random screaming screen like screen drug tests for cocaine for the next like ten years or something. If he will screen for steroid tests for the next two, <laughs> which I didn't know That's this. I don't know if this is like a big like conspiracy that Jake Paul is like boosting or like taking no, steroids a, or that, something I think that's a dana white conspiracy I, I i don't think that's widespread at all yeah okay uh, i i hadn't heard it besides that but i thought i thought it was so funny <laughs> that dana's just dana so white content he's hilarious. like it's so funny one of my favorite now, I, while we're on the subject him. um one of my favorite dana white things was when um obviously people illegally streaming his fights have been that's been an issue for a long time yeah and um before one of the mcgregor cards i believe it was mcgregor cowboy like leading up to that fight he did it yeah he did an interview with pardon my take and pardon my take asked him about like hey when people illegally stream your fights like you've like always like been like oh yeah like like we, we we go after those people and he like said in the interview, he was like, yeah, we, we actually got one. We got a guy. Like we, we, we got we, a guy we got. And like, he didn't like elaborate on what exactly like they did to him. Like he could have, for all we know, he could have killed this man. Like this man could be dead. I I'm sure if he's talking about in a, a press conference, I'm sure it was done legally. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's illegal I, I, to stream fights. So I'm sure he, yeah, you're right. He just, yeah. Legal action legal action and that's i'm sure that's so hard to do is to catch people who 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 stream that stuff so big big w for dana there for daddy dana w for daddy dana um Um, do you want to move on do you want to go to bring that yes onto onto the next fight that was that was a mini tangent we're getting better with our tangents yeah tangent alert it's okay it happens every time Um, so we got Cody Garbrandt or 
sorry, I'm going to do it. I keep doing it backwards because Cody Garbrandt is my pick, but it was actually Kai Car France versus Cody Garbrandt. Obviously, Kai Car France was the one with the number next to his name. Garbrandt was moving down to flyweight, mm-hmm. um, ranked seven at bantam, bantamweight, but not Which ranked at all you- at flyweight. This is his first fight at flyweight. Maybe his only yeah. fight at flyweight after this result yeah. looked really bad um, after the weight cut. Um, didn't look like the same Cody Garbrandt at all. No. Um, Car France. Um, I, I want to point this out because I think this is hilarious. Kai Car France is five foot four. His reach okay. is 69 inches. His reach is five inches more than his height. That's insane. That's insane, right? Like, that's a what? dangerous man. That's a dangerous a four... build right there. Yeah. 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 He had a four inch reach advantage on a guy who was four inches taller than him. Garbrandt had a 65 and inch reach and is five foot eight. Yeah, who's ranked at a weight above him. Yeah, exactly. And he had a four inch it, reach advantage on him. When I saw that, when they popped that up at the beginning of the fight, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, sorry, that's a little off topic. Yeah, you, but... you, you, you move down and you think you're going to be kind of like a outsize the guy when you're moving down away but it was the exact opposite in this yeah. fight yeah yeah yeah. car france um delivered i mean he, he he rocked him three or four times in this fight and it the fight didn't get out of the first round so it it, mm-hmm. it was it, it was very quick um i'm gonna pull up the highlights real quick yeah i'm watching them um i'll skip a little ahead Oh, it's in it's it's funny because it's in Spanish. <laughs> um, here we go. So there's the okay. Here's a knockdown right here. This is a great um thing to talk about. So he hits a jab and then an overhand right, and he. This isn't where the fight is finished, but I want to pause there because Garbrandt's head movement was non-existent. Yeah, in this fight. And I don't know if that was from the weight cut, from underestimating his opponent. Um, I don't know why he would have underestimated Car France in any way. He's one of the top contenders at flyweight. Yeah, um, especially with um, Yeah, especially with uh, him having such a big reach advantage. Yeah, you wouldn't. Um... <laughs> He wouldn't uh, want to not train head movement against the guy who has a four-inch reach advantage on. on yeah, him. yeah, that um, just doesn't make any sense. I I still want to. That that's I, I I know we keep harping back to that reach advantage, but that's ridiculous. This dude's that, five yeah, foot four. Is. His arms are literally longer than the his height, than how tall he is, by, is and by ridiculous. a large amount too. Ridiculous. Um. Okay. Yeah, and then this nine total here, strikes. In the Do you fight. Have the strikes pulled up? What did you say? I'm sorry. Yeah, Garbrandt had nine total strikes. Yeah, he, he, nine he of, couldn't get nine of, of 17. Um, I'm that here is, at the finish to the fight because Garbrandt goes for this takedown. And I think I think he kind of gets that. He, he it says, it says he doesn't it, have a takedown. He, he kind of gave up on it, too. Like, he got yeah. back control and then kind of just let him up. Well, I mean, even at one point in the fight, he went down forward and kind of had his legs and kind of had uh, Kaikara on the ground. Yeah. 
but then Kaikara just got out of it enough. But I mean, like his butt was his butt was on the ground for a little bit. And I don't I don't know exactly how they quantify or score takedowns, but I mean, to me that seemed like a takedown. It wasn't like a great takedown. It didn't really hold, but I mean, they went from a standing position to on the ground. In in so, my I mean, opinion, I think the way they score it. I'm obviously not a UFC ref, so or a yeah. UFC judge, so I don't know. Um, but in wrestling, I, I am a wrestler. I am a jujitsu. I'm a jujitsu practitioner. So in the eyes of wrestling and jujitsu, a takedown is when you have control over a grounded opponent, and a grounded opponent is either with knees okay. on the ground. Um. You can have it. It just depends. But this, in yeah. my eyes, this was a takedown. Yes, he didn't hold okay. him down for very much, but he, he should have credit for it. Um, I'm going. I'm. I'm going to talk about the the finish of this fight because I just think it's pretty funny. Um. So after being rocked for like the second or third time, um, Garbrandt runs away while beckoning to Garbrandt to chase him. <laughs> um. And then gets Wait. rocked with a right hook. You mean Garbrandt was running away and beckoning to Kaikara? Yeah, did I flip did I flip names on you there? Yeah, you, you flipped the last names, I think. Apologies. Um, but yeah, no, he's beckoning to him and he's backed up against the cage. And Car France throws a left hook, right hook, right uppercut, which rocks him heavily. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. And and by the time I believe who was refing this fight, is it? Um, I think it's Herb. I, is it's, that it Herb? Looks like Herb. Um, yeah. By the time Herb stops this fight, Garbrandt is reaching for Her- Herb's leg. Yeah. In, in, because he thinks it's Car France. Yeah. Like he, yeah, just... he did not know where he was. Mm-mm. So um, good stoppage by Herb. Good stoppage by Herb. Great stoppage by Herb. Um, completely outmatched. Herb. Just didn't look like he belonged in there. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of people's opinions on this fight, and everyone's like, oh, Garbrandt should retire. I just think he should move uh, back up to bantamweight. Um, I'm, or, or just pick... I mean, if he, if, he wants, if he wants to stick with it, I mean, this is definitely a learning experience for him mm-hmm. in, this, in this weight class. I mean, maybe pick somebody that doesn't have a four-inch reach advantage on you and... <laughs> Move your head. Move your head. That's great yeah. advice. I mean, I, I I don't want him to give up on this weight class so quickly. Um, I think he still could have success in this weight class because he still is a great fighter. But I mean, it 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 didn't look it didn't look great. It didn't look great. It didn't look great for him. No, not at all. I, I think no I th- I'm glad you still have faith in him because I I lost a lot of faith in him at, at flyweight I won't say in general because Cody Garbrandt his his speed yeah. advantage is still there we didn't get to see the speed advantage in this fight because you're right he only threw what how many strikes did you you I know you had it pulled up he landed it. like nine seventeen. He landed seven. nine of seventeen. Nine of seventeen strikes. So only threw seventeen. And how many did uh Car France? Throw and land? Um through twenty-three, landed forty-one. So I mean the percentage difference wasn't bad. Kaikara France 
landed 56 totals, 56% of his total strikes and Garbrandt landed 53. But I mean the 23 to nine difference. Output. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have, I mean, he, 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 didn't he have was just throwing to, way more to show off the speed. I mean, I think the yeah. reach advantage was, was staggering. I don't think he was expecting. Oh, yeah. He was expecting to control distance and it, it, it worked in the opposite effect yeah. because I, Carl I, France just absolutely controlled it. Yeah. He, he, he stayed right on him. He didn't let him get, he didn't let him get too close and he didn't let him, didn't let Garbrandt get too far. And it was yeah. right in the sweet spot. And, Garbrandt eventually started running from him and it still did nothing for him. Yeah. I mean, insane. it was, it was a great, great fight by Kaikara France. Great fight by Kaikara France and congrats yeah. to him. Um, so what's next? I guess, I guess since we already talked about what's next for O'Malley, what do we think? What do we think Garbrandt should do? Like you talked about um, if he wants to stay at flyway, um, I think, you know what, you know what I'd like to see, um, my guy, star boy, Manel cop is looking for someone who's ranked. Um, mm. why don't we, why don't we see a Manel cop, Cody Garbrandt three rounder, um, put that um, on, put that on like a, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll watch Manel cop fight anybody. I think, I think that'd be a great fight. I mean, neither of them are ranked at flyweight. And that's that's a little bit of a step down in competition for Garbrandt. Um and it's definitely a step up in competition for Manel Cop. Yeah. So um I, I think that'd be a, a pretty cool out there fight to make. Kaikar France, you you should see him in a title eliminator. Um Yeah, yeah. What do we think's next for him? I'm gonna pull up the flyweight rankings real quick because yeah, I, although although I, I am well versed in my flyweight UFC knowledge, I would like to see who is near the top because I know we got Askar Askarov, but he's probably, I mean, he could be in a title eliminator actually. So maybe Askar Askarov. I um, think yeah, Alexander I think he deserves Pantoja, a title I believe, is scheduled to fight someone. What were you saying, Ben? I'm sorry. I I, I think Askar Askarov deserves a title eliminator. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um. Moreno and Figueredo, obviously Brandon Moreno is the champion and Figueredo is the former champ. They're fighting for a third time, I believe, in January. Is that? I'm gonna love, we love the best out. We love the two out of three series. Yeah, they, this is this is just it's a very odd trilogy fight to have happen because these two have been the only two people that fight for a flyweight title in now over a year. Like they've just fought each other. Wow. Um. But yeah, that yes. that is that is kind of odd. So, so I I love I love to see somebody else fight for the the belt. Yeah, I I would like to see someone else. I it's it's Asker Askarov deserves a title shot. Um, especially as he's been sitting at number two. I don't think he's had a fight in over a year now. So um, he he deserves it. He's probably yep. not going to get it now that that. Figueredo and Moreno are fighting for a third time. Askar Askarov's been sitting around. He's probably going to need the title eliminator. So maybe we see Car France versus Askarov. Um, I believe Alexander Pantoja is fighting Alex Perez soon. There's a there's a log jam at the top of flyweight. Now that I'm like looking at it and yeah. reading into this, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of good flyweights right now. 
and now that I'm looking at the rankings, it's pretty cool to see Manel Cop is ranked 14th. Yeah. So there's a step that actually is a step down for Garbrandt. And, um, oh, yeah, Hoff I thought you is knew ranked, that he was... So it's not like he's yeah, fighting I... the unranked guy. So, all right. Well, we'll see. Let's move on to moving on the the upset of the century and we touched on it a little beforehand but um juliana pena um i'm not surprised mother frickers <laughs> she said in the post fight interview um she's immediately made me a fan um i'm very excited yeah. to see this division now i don't know what it is about nunez i love nunez she's one of the best one of the best um, women's fighters of all time. Um, by, yeah, by far. I just e- easily. Feel, yeah, easily. I just, I just think that um, she does. She's too nice. She's not. She doesn't make for when when you watch MMA, you want to see people like get angry at each other, like get into fights and stuff. And Nunez isn't that. She's just like, oh yeah, like I came in here, I didn't really expect anything much for my opponent and i came in here to win like and whatever Pena, I, I disagree with that what do you I think what do you that think? is i think that is even more terrifying <laughs> like that just is like shows her like everyday mentality that the like getting into the octagon and like beating the shit out of somebody or getting the shit beat out of you is just like yeah like she's just so nonchalant about it like like she walked in with her uh daughter i believe and they're smiling kind of like waving to the cameras just like having a good old time she's like she's in jeans and like a a nice top and Pena's coming in with her headphones on and in her fight gear hoodie hoodie up just like walking in just in the zone and Pena and not Pena. Pen, that was Pena in the zone. And Nunez is just walking in just kind of like nonchalant, which like to me watching that, I was like, I was like, she's going to like that kind of mentality where you're like, I'm bringing my kid, like I'm walking her into the arena with me. Like she's just like, it seems like she's always mentally prepared for just a brutal scrap, which to me terrifies me. But I mean, I can see, I can see what you mean there. That's that's kind of fair. Yeah, especially from somebody of that high caliber. I could see what you mean by somebody who like isn't that high caliber, but like to hold two belts and just be like so nonchalant. And I guess like the odds, like, but I think she's above that. Like, mm-hmm. she knows how good she is, and like she's always just like she's just ready for a fight. Yeah, I I I think. Um... What I'm getting at here is uh, when Ronda Rousey was champ, there was an there was an animosity towards her opponents. Like she had almost she never uh, like touched gloves. Yeah, she always was just like I'm the best. Like, and I don't care. Like I don't care about like who my opponent is. And not that not that I don't like Amanda Nunes. I love Amanda Nunes great fighter and you're mm-hmm. right there is um something scary about someone who just does not care and is just like yeah I, i'm gonna come in here and i'm gonna win and that's that's yeah. a whole nother thing she doesn't even have to get into the zone 
I mean, and maybe she did after that, but but she just walked. You're right. When when they showed that pre-fight, that was pretty funny. Walking her kid in. But what I will say is, Pena already throwing shots at Nunez. Um, obviously there's going to be a rematch here. Um, Nunez yeah. has been champion for s- almost uh six years. In fact, we're currently recording this on December 30th. Today is the f- five year anniversary. Five years ago today, I have the link here, Ben. If you want to pull up oh. uh, five years ago today, do you see that? She yeah, she retired Ronda Rousey. Nunez retired Ronda Rousey five years ago today, and um, this highlight is pretty funny. Um, this is this is before she had her kid. It says versus Ronda Rousey, like they misspelled Ronda Rousey's name. They did that on um, purpose. <laughs> yeah, I, I I see what you mean. Like even even in the stare down, right in the center, Ronda is just yeah. And she's completely outmatched in this. This is a 30 second. This is the whole fight. Like, I believe this, this fight went like 45 seconds. Um, this was Ronda Rousey's big return. It was touted as like, oh, Ronda's back. Ronda's like, and this was the first title defense for Nunez, but Nunez didn't get any of the spotlight. It was all on Rousey. And um, yeah, here's the, here, here's the finish right here. I'm going to. Pull up on it, and she's just oh my on Rousey. Rousey's yeah, yeah, yeah. going backwards. There's a right hook. Rousey's Great. trying to clinch. She's yeah. on wobbly legs. And oh my gosh, she's wobbling the whole she time. Was out on her great, feet. great stop by Herb Dean there too. Yeah, great stop by Herb. He's been doing that for five years. Great stops for five years. Um, yeah, no, that was five years ago today. Um, now she's not champ. Yeah, five I mean, even future, she's not champ. Well, she's, she's still the champion at featherweight. She only has one belt now, though. So, only has one. Which only only one belt? Yeah, I mean, yeah. the still. whole the whole fight, Ronda was just getting rocked. Just playing defense the whole time. Yeah, she's Louise on man. her back foot, and then on just wobbly trying legs. to clinch every trying to clinch every shot she got. Yeah, no. Oh goodness and then a great stop from herb oh man well yeah rest in peace ronda rousey you will be missed um i know she had a brief stint with the wwe i don't think she's with them anymore i don't know what she does these days but i, I hope don't know she's, what she does i hope she's doing well oh yeah of course um pena in the post-fight press conference i want to bring this up because this is i thought this was really funny um she took a, a, a shot and I'll put it in parentheses because it was just like a subtweet kind of thing. She kept saying that she was the first mom champ, like the first mom champ. Now, Ben, I know you're making a face because you're like, well, Nunez is mom. Yeah. Well, well, in Pena's eyes, Nunez is not a mom because she didn't have that kid. Her wife did. Pena okay. actually had the kid. So <laughs> it's okay. it's like the version of like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, you have a kid, but like, I raised mine. That's the equivalent. That's what what she was trying to, to like. Say she she was. she birthed, which is very impressive to like. Oh yeah, give give birth and like come back and fight in the UFC. Like that's a super like physic physically draining process of like having a kid. So that that is really impressive. But I mean, for sure. Yeah. 
And it's a big reason why Juliana Pena has been nominated for our Breakthrough Fighter of the Year yeah. on next week's MMA Awards. I'm going to be telling that multiple times um, today. Yep. Um, there's, a, there's a couple nominees from uh she's also nominated for female fighter of the year um because she's she's a beast i mean that she really proved it in this fight yeah um to talk about the fight since we've just been beating around the bush about juliana pena and amanda nunez and even ronda rousey at a point there hashtag tangent alert um (laughs) pena was the way she won this fight was wild she she kept throwing every time Nunez would take a step forward, Pena would counter with a jab. But this wasn't just any jab. This this Pena jab that she was throwing, she would throw her left hand and just have a little bit of right head movement. And she threw it the same way every time. Nunez had no counter for it. Um, Nunez tried to counterpunch, couldn't hit her. Mm-hmm. Um, Nunez tried to faint and just would get hit with the jab and nothing would happen. Um, and it, it tired Nunez out. She got jabbed about 13 or 14 times, um, in the second round, uh, before that body lock takedown. And by then I feel like Nunez was just exhausted. Yeah. And that's really what it was. When, when it came down to the, to the finish there, I mean, Ben, you, you remember, the the submission really wasn't in right um i couldn't really tell but it seemed like nunez gave up before it was really in it 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 really did seem like that now obviously we're not, we're not nunez we can't really tell but yeah um the like the like when you when you go for a rear naked choke usually you're going to have a hook in and you're going to have yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Your arm like hooked up. Now it seemed like she still had her chin blocking. I don't think that. it was even under you're right. I don't think it was even under the chin. And um, let alone Pena didn't even have back control. She kind of had like some sort of weird side back control, didn't have any hooks in with the legs. And Nunez just kind of was just like, yeah, I'm, I've had enough. Like I got, I just got jabbed 13 times in a row. This is about it. This is all I can take. I wonder if this is it for, I mean, I don't want to, I don't think it is, but I wonder if it, this is it for Nunez where she just like, not like I'm kind of done. I don't think so. Um, She made it clear in her, like her post fight, uh, interview that she's not going to let this set her back she's like i'm I'm gonna go back to the gym um this rematch has to happen um they're not just gonna really i think juliana pena knew that coming into this that um this is she's gonna have to beat amanda nunez twice um you see someone hold a belt for seven years and then get upset it's it's usually not gonna be like okay well nunez you gotta go win four more fights to get another title shot well no because you've won about seven or uh, way more than seven how many fights did amanda nunez win in a row can you look that up real quick for me i can because i know there was it was quite a few i mean there's a reason they call her the goat she 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 pretty much hasn't lost since i think her last loss was to kat zingano i want to say 
And that was a long time ago. So, yeah. Um, she's the GOAT in most eyes. Um, I've been saying since episode one, I believe Valentina Shevchenko would beat her if they if they were to fight again. Now, at this point, I, I'm a little upset because I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, obviously, this rematch has to happen first. Did you find it? 12 fights in a row. 12 fights in a row. The last time she lost was UFC 178. And do you know who that was to? Um, I'm going to... I believe it was Kat Zingano, but if you it, have it was up, it was Kat Zingano, yeah. Kat Zingano was their last loss. Yeah. UFC and 178. 178. We're now in um, UFC 269. That's a long That's a that's long, a long time, ago. time ago. That's like that had to have been like 2014 if my math's um, right. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm trying to remember. Um oh, that now I do remember UFC 178 was Poirier McGregor won. That was the first time um, they fought. And oh, McGregor wow. won that one. That that was UFC 178. If I that if was I'm, that was 2014. 2014. Oh, I'm so good at this. You are. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. I I I'm pretty um, sure that that's right. Yeah, McGregor Poirier, um, Yoel Romero. Um, had an insane knockout of Tim Kennedy. Um, Katzengano beat Amanda Nunez. Dominic Cruz won on that card. Jorge Masvidal won on that card. Wonder Boy won. On- this was a fantastic card. Looking back, holy, holy cow! Donald Cerrone beat Eddie Eddie Alvarez, and then um, probably the best flyweight of all time, most underappreciated champion of all time, Demetrius Johnson defended his belt in the main event. Um. Yeah, no, that that was a that was a great card. And then yeah. Amanda Nunes, 12, 12 fights in a row. Went on to beat names like Shayna Baszler, Sarah McMahon. She beat Valentina Shevchenko twice. Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, Raquel Pennington, Chris Cyborg, um, Holly Holm. And then recently, what she she beat Jermaine uh Jermaine Durandamy, um, Felicia Spencer. Megan, uh, Megan Anderson, and um, finally, this fight against Juliana Pena, and Pena pulled it off. She did exactly what she said she was going to do. Yep. And I'm excited to see this this rematch. Same here. I want to see if uh, Nunez can adapt. I think she'll be able to. I mean, she's proven herself over the years for s- seven years. 12, like 12 fights straight. Yeah. And, and being insane names, like the names I ran through, like these are all time names. You look at, yeah. She beat Shevchenko twice, Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate. Um, Chris, her knockout against Chris Cyborg is like one of the craziest women's knockouts ever because Chris Cyborg was like known to be taking heavy, heavy amounts of steroids and she still knocked her out. Like out stiff, um, crazy That's nuts, crazy stuff. Cyborg's yeah, probably I, on more steroids than Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad that you you brought that up before. I think that's hilarious. It's so Dana funny. White. Yeah, Dana White and his crazy conspiracies. 
All right. Well, let's move on because we still have like four more things to talk about. Jesus. Oh my God. I know. But our guy, our guy got it done. Charles Oliveira. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazing, fight. amazing fight, amazing performance. Um, I have in my notes, not your old Charles Oliveira. I want to talk about this real quick. Charles Oliveira, he's he's the he's the finish king. He finishes. He has the most finishes in UFC history now. Um, he, I believe he's the most submissions in UFC history, and it's like by three or four is the next closest guy. It's 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 not close. Um, obviously submitted uh, Dustin Poirier with a rear naked choke. Um, uh, it was from backpack, so he mounted yeah. his, his back standing and and choked him out standing up. Um, the way he got the hooks in was was really nice. He he didn't have the neck quite, and uh, Dustin pried his hand off. And to Dustin, that's like, oh, I'm safe. Like, I have this hand pry off. I can relax. And when Dustin relaxed his hand and set back, Oliveira attacks the submission and just readjusts and gets it right on the neck. Yeah. And, yeah, no. Shades of, shades of Habib versus um, Dustin Poirier. Um, another heartbreaking loss for someone who wants that undisputed belt so badly um i i don't i don't know if he'll he'll ever have the the belt at this point after that um yeah it's hard to I, I say don't know. i mean that may have, what do you think do you do you think he'll be able to fight back to it i don't know <laughs> i mean it's, i would love to see them fight again because it was such a great fight and like it, it was close for a, for a while um, yeah but and, i mean yeah no i I, yeah. I i think you're just shaking your head because it was it the fight was insane it was a crazy the fight, fight. The fight was insane but i mean Oliveira can just do everything he really can he's, i mean he had him in the, the clinch ground. he had him on the ground i mean and he got him by submission i mean yeah and he he talked a lot before the fight on how his stand-up was just as good as Poirier's. I think Poirier actually had a better stand-up. He, he definitely did. won the first round. He he arguably dropped Oliveira multiple times. I think the first one was a little bit of a slip from Oliveira. But yeah. um I, yeah, I was a little worried there. Was definitely a knockdown. He was mm-hmm. in trouble. Yeah. Second fight in a row he's been in trouble in the first round. That's what Chandler did to him in the in the last fight. Um, and the reason I have not your old Charles Oliveira on here is because in the past, um, Oliveira, uh, the fight I'd like to bring up is the, the Paul Felder, Charles Oliveira fight. Um, shout out Irish dragon. We love you. Um, Paul Felder, future hall of famer. Um, he beat Charles Oliveira a while ago and it was ground and pound. It was a ground and pound. Um, and Oliveira basically was getting hit and and he I think he ended up going out. Um you look at this nowadays when Oliveira gets dropped like he did in the Chandler fight, like he did in the Poirier fight. Mm-hmm. He 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 moves. He doesn't he doesn't sit still. Like he yeah. he doesn't give you an opportunity to stop the fight. He remains in it. He defends himself. The confidence and the the he, he 
the the mental power that that takes to just like power through and stay in a fight like that it's i i think it's it's why he's one of my favorite fighters to watch nowadays every fight he has is ridiculous he overcomes yeah. adversity in every fight now yeah he, he he's made me a, a a huge fan i i can't wait to see who he fights next whether it's poirier or somebody could else i mean justin gaethje could yeah. be justin gaethje um obviously gaethje um had that the last fight fight of the year candidate we'll shout out uh, our mmo mma awards next week um justin gaethje versus michael chandler um insane fight at ufc 268 um that's a candidate for our fight of the year um charles Oliveira also a candidate for our male fighter of the year um as well as i believe he's nominated for something else comeback fighter of the year he's nominated for um he also is nominated for submission of the year with this rear naked choke of dustin poirier standing backpack rear naked choke um just Fantastic. fantastic yeah crazy stuff from him um Last thing I want to talk about with him, um, as he was leaving the octagon, um, he was like high-fiving everyone in the crowd, dabbing up everyone he knew. Some guy uh, reached out and grabbed the glasses off of his face and broke them. What a what a jackass. <laughs> what a that jackass is... move from that guy. Like what what the hell? He just he just what defended his belt and Yeah. That is the number one way to get sent to the hospital. Yeah. It's like a, a, I mean, props to Oliveira for not. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he was on top of the world. He didn't really care about his his glasses. But yeah. No. no to whoever that guy Still is, so I my notes. To the guy who broke Oliveira's glasses, your mom's a hoe. Yeah. As as my as my dad says, that's a that's a total redneck moment where uh you know what a redneck's last words are? What's that? Hey, y'all, watch this. <laughs> Steals glasses from yes. jujitsu legend and UFC lightweight champion. Yeah. Famous, yeah, Great famous last words. Great idea. Jeez. All right. Well, we still have quite a few things to talk about in the undercard. I had to limit it to just three. Um, I'd like to start with this uh, Priscilla, Priscilla Cashwaya is her name. Um, she's a dirty cheater, Ben. She's a dirty cheater. And if you pull that link up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so she, this was the first fight on the card. It was deep in the prelims. Um, so not a lot of people watch this fight. Jillian Robertson is she's like 11 and 12 is a record. So she's like not the best, but she has wins over like solid flyweights. Yeah. And she's still very young, but um, the way this fight ended, Jillian Robertson got a rear naked choke and had it cinched in very deep. Now, instead of tapping Cashwaya, um, this was with like 15 seconds to go in the round. Cashwaya spent the first 10 seconds of this chokehold trying to gouge Jillian Robertson's eye was just fishing behind her to try and stick her finger into her eye. 
and like Dirty she, she's she apologized after the fight and said it was all unintentional but it was very clear i think joe rogan um said something about it on commentary he was like that's a dirty move from cashway <laughs> which is just really funny but it it, it looked extremely intentional like it yeah. looked like she was reaching back in desperation to just try and um for, for something yeah now not only this ben but um she also missed weight by an astounding four pounds yeah, that's not which good. is like at that point you're missing weight on purpose in my opinion like you're yeah, just like it's ah, well it says she, she fell ill did she if she fell ill, they should have canceled the bout. Most of the times when that happens, they they just wave off the bout because they don't want someone who's ill. What maybe does it say I, here? Regarding the way Miss Cashwaya was fined 30% of her purse. She said she failed, she said she failed to miss weight because she fell ill. Now she said that. Yeah, but I mean, usually when you fall ill, you lose weight. That's that's my opinion exactly. Like, I mean, who who falls ill and starts gaining weight? I mean, unless it's yeah. like, like, like some kind of like mental illness where it's like you're like, oh, I can't even think of the. What do you, what you think of the, the words like where you're like comfort eating or something? Oh sure. Like, but I mean, sick. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, like, if if it's a sickness, you usually you kind of lose your appetite. Yeah, and if you're in a in, weight in cut, those cases, if you're in yeah. a weight cut, usually when you're weight cutting and you get sick or you fall ill or something happens like that, the the doctors will look at you and say, "All right, you're not fit to fight." This yeah. wasn't the case in this. Maybe, maybe she fell fight. ill trying to cut weight, and she like had to like eat more to like gain her strength back and maybe feel better i'll, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt although yeah. the eye poke was extremely intentional yeah um but shout out to jillian robertson this actually set the record for most submissions in women's ufc history so although her record is only 11 and 12 this was now her let me pull up her topology because i don't want to get the number wrong i hate getting numbers wrong Talk for a sec about um poking people in the eyes, Ben. It's it's not fun. Don't want to get poked in the eye. You've got shampoo in. You've got shampoo in your eye. Shampoo. Yeah, I try not to. I mean, I'm sure it's happened before, but I know it's things. Kidding. I I definitely saw this saw this fight, but I kind of forget the uh, the quotation and unintentional eye poking during this yeah, fight it, i wish i had i wish i had a video of it because um i i would have put the video in there um i know a lot of people didn't watch this one this was literally the first fight on the card so um if some of the people that went to see this live didn't see it because they weren't in their seat yet but um yeah no it was it was like the very end of it and yeah oh actually this is pretty cool I just pulled up Jillian Robinson's uh, tapology. She's fighting right now. <laughs> She's grappling with Fury Pro against Chrissy Briggs. 
Interesting. So it's just it's just a grappling match. There's no striking. But um she looks like she does a lot of these grappling matches. Um <laughs> she won she has a win over uh Catlin Chokagian, another UFC flyweight who's yeah. very highly ranked. Um I'm tallying up how many submissions she has in the UFC. One. There's two. Sorry, I I know you hate when I count, but three. Yeah, yeah. Do you four, you're gonna have to use all your fingers for this? Five. I might have to use both ends. Six. Um. Actually, yeah, it's it's only five. It was only okay. Five. So yeah, no five five uh, submissions. That's a that's a UFC women's record. Um. So congrats to her. That's yeah. that's spectacular. Um. And I hope her eyes okay. Because if I was her, I would have been a lot uh, more unhappy than I'm sure she was probably on top of the moon after the win. So let's move on to to your guy, Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about Bam Bam? Um, I mean, you got to stop drinking out of shoes, man. That is just so gross. I mean, it's not even gross. It's just got to ruin the shoes, too. You're never going to get that beer smell out, like, ever. I mean, I think somebody, it might have been O'Malley, said something about how, like, everybody's favorite fighter is Taito Ivasa, Bam Bam. Like he's, because of the shoeies. Because of the shoeies, which, I mean, you got to love it. I mean, the fight itself was what I really enjoyed the shoe is kind of secondary. It's just kind of like, Oh, like, yeah, like that. Should, that's funny. Like okay. that's, it's a cool thing, but I mean like, and people in the crowd were doing it too. And I saw some <laughs> guy like pour beer into his shoe and then just, he just dumped it on himself. Dumped it. Like he, I think I remember that he dumped it on his face. He just didn't yeah, get like anything he, in his mouth. I, he got a little bit, but I think it was just kind of like, this is gross. Like, <laughs> I don't want to drink an entire beer out of my shoe. Like, cause I don't have like you, not many people can drink a beer that quickly before they like start like smelling their shoe and the beer mixed together. So he just kind of dumped it. And it's like, and this was a prelim fight. Like you got to sit there for another few hours. Like, yeah. And then your wet, shoes soaking wet, covered in beer and your shoes yeah. wet. Yeah. Especially so, I mean, it, shoe back on. Yeah. I mean, it's very I entertaining, the but was... I thought the shoe was pretty funny. Um, I love it. No, no hate to uh, no hate to Bam Bam or anything. I I love it. Love everything he does, and it it is really entertaining. But I mean, it's a little gross. <laughs> it's a little. Gross. It's, it's a little gross. Ben, you're not the only one who thinks that. Chael Sonnen talked a lot about how um, this is absolutely disgusting. People shouldn't do it. Even uh, <laughs> we talked about people in the crowd. Um, the one guy did it and he dumped it on himself. I remember seeing that. Then the camera yeah. panned over to a guy. He was holding a cowboy boot and a beer. And you could read the guy's lips. The guy was like, oh, I'm not doing this. He did that. I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll hold my shoe up and like, yeah. support him. But I'm not. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's cool to watch. Like, you know, like, hold, hold your shoe up. But it's like, no, nah. no, no way. No. Not me. Good. Good common sense from that guy. Ben, I'm going to let you down a little bit. Um, I actually, there's a video somewhere. I don't know if I have it. I know someone does um, of me doing a shoey. Oh my gosh. A couple, 
Uh, we got to find that. Yeah, there is a video of me doing a shoey. And I, I did it before Ty Tuivasa did it. So, I mean, he might be copying uh, me, actually. Maybe maybe before he was famous for doing it. I don't know. It's, this seems like a... Tuivasa, if you want to, like, credit me for that, that'd be, that'd be great. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Nice try there, Bobs. I don't think he knows who I am. So Yeah. But with this win, obviously, huge knockout of Augusto Sakai. Another one where he just put him out. It was a it was a flurry of punches this time. It wasn't just one punch, but um, he he was slumped over. Um, he's now in the top fifteen. Uh, a little pre-fight tidbit I thought was really funny. Uh, if uh, Augusto Sakai said, "When I win, when I uh, when I knock to tie Tuivasa out, I will be doing a shoey of water," <laughs> which would have been a far less entertaining. Um, I mean, I have to say. And just as gross. Why? Why? why well, yeah. Why even do the shoey if you're not going to do it with beer? It's pointless. It's pointless. Why, oh, why, why, are you, why are you drinking water at the shoey? Like, I mean, it, it's funny to do shoey if you do beat Bam Bam. It's decently disrespectful, but yeah. I mean, at least use beer. At least go for it all. All right. Well, um, the last thing I want to talk about today. And I know you you've been hanging on this. I try I tried to to preface this before we before we started recording, and you were like, "Up up up, don't tell me now." Just yeah, yeah, yeah. explain this. Uh, Dominic Cruz. Now this was a big storyline uh, during fight week. Um, he had a he had a fantastic uh, fight with um, Pedro Munoz. Fight of the night, in my opinion. He got dropped twice in the first round. And came back and dom like yeah. I won't say dominated the last two rounds. He is the dominator, but he outstruck him in the last two rounds, rocked him a number of times, and he won that fight. And that, that was a great fight. Everything you could ask for in a fight of the night. Mm-hmm. Now, have you clicked on the link yet, Ben? You want to click I, on the I, link I and start talking about this? Yeah, yeah. I, so, I clicked on it during fight week. Dominic Cruz got asked because he, he he does commentate. He's a commentator for the UFC. And he was asked about Daniel Cormier's commentating. And his response was, well, uh, you know, I, I, I usually do research like beforehand and like do all this stuff. And I get like Daniel Cormier, like he's just coming in for a paycheck. Like he's he he doesn't do the homework was his was his words he said this live in an interview like to the media yeah like that's insane like like daniel cormier is definitely going to hear about this so they had a sit down like later that week and like dc daniel cormier was like like dumb like if you're gonna say something like that like say it to me like if you have an issue with me like i I I thought it was so weird like my favorite commentator i think oh, he has yeah. great insight and and he he knows what he's talking about he does know what he's talking about even though he, i mean maybe he doesn't like put all the research that like dominic cruz puts in but it doesn't it the outcome is is like it's it's i don't know it depends I mean, do we on think, what you do want we think, in a commentator yeah do we think joe rogan does all that research and stuff Joe Rogan's just there to just 
go, oh, oh, and sit in the middle and just grab the shoulders of the guys next to him. That's the only real thing that Joe Rogan brings besides pointing out people's races when he commentates. He he does he does like to do that. He did it <laughs> once, Ben. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's so a that's funny. a that's a that's a throwback to uh one of our earlier episodes. Episode what was that maybe three, two or three? Where oh yeah, I, we definitely talked yeah. about that before. Uh-huh. I'm sure we did. That was yeah, great great callback to Joe Rogan. Yeah, um, he's a he's a character. But no, I think you I think you make a very fair point. Joe Rogan doesn't do the homework. Why call out Daniel Cormier? Why call out anyone? Like, yeah. why do you, you do, that was so unnecessary to say. Yeah, he's like, he's doing presser for one of his fights, and he's yeah. talking about commentating. Like, you want to talk about the fight, or like you're not commentating this fight. Like, the reason you have a platform for this is because you're you're still fighting. I mean, I guess I guess maybe not, but the thing I just found weird is during the fight, Daniel Cormier. Like, you can tell he's like. As he's commentating, he was like, "Yeah, like props to Dominic on like this comeback win." Like he wasn't into it. He's clearly yeah. still upset with like Dom. I would be too. I don't know. So I, I that's that's my opinion on it. Damn, Dominic Cruz is a fake friend. That's what I have written uh, written my notes. I, I think that's that's fair to say at this point. Um, you don't go I mean, who, your friends who, back and say that. Yeah, who who knows if they're even very close friends, but or even like friends, but. I, 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 I love DC's they commentary. Sat, they sat down and talked about it. Like there's like a recorded okay. thing. Um, they had a sit down and like Daniel's like, well, if you have something to say, like say it to me. Like I'm here. Like it's like there's no yes, reason to do that. Hires him to do breakdowns of fighters. Yeah. I mean, DC, DC just seems like such like a natural bred fighter that he watches the fighters and he understands their styles. He can pick up on the little things they do and he doesn't really need to do all the homework i mean it's the same thing where some people don't study for tests before they go take them you know they go to class they do the homework that they're assigned you know and they're good and they're they're good they don't need to study that much for it so it just seems like a seems like a mundane call i i agree fake friend yeah i think I think it was uh, just a little bit unnecessary on Dominic Cruz's part. Um, yeah. I will say the payoff is pretty funny. So while um, they were having the meeting to like converse about the whole thing, Bisping steps in and like cracks a joke thinking that like they were just shooting the shit and like being like funny and stuff. And Cormier kind of like snapped back at Bisping like, no, this is serious. Like, <laughs> and Bisping's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And like, Cormier had to pull Bisping aside and basically tell him what Dominic said. And Bisping's like, oh, like that's that's messed up. Like, yeah, you don't do that. Um, so I'm glad Bisping took his side in that. It's, Come on, Dominic. It, 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 does, it does seem unnecessary, especially if you're gonna commentate the same fights and like it seems like they're they might be competing for like the same jobs, the same commentaries on stuff, like. Especially like in a, you're preparing for a fight. What do you, what do you care about the commentators? Yeah. So out, out of left field, maybe he's lashing out because um, he didn't get a spot on the main card and Sean O'Malley did. Probably. Probably. 
Sean, right. Sean's going to get him for that one. Sean's I, – dude, I, I so hope they fight. I think that'll be I, a great I really fight. That, that that is the uh, that is what's in the cards next that'd be, for them. That'd because... be perfect. I I I think it'll be two big names that kind of chirping at each other. I mean, I mean, Sean calls out just about everybody, but seems yeah. like so is Dominic. All right. Well, I'll finish up by reading off the bonuses, and then I do want to tout next week's episode because it's a very special one. We, so, yeah, yeah. Don't give away too much. Dana gave out bop, bop, boop, performance bonuses to Sean O'Malley, Kaikar France, Tai Tuivasa, and Bruno Silva, as well as Juliana Pena and uh, Charles Oliveira. And the fight of the night... Um, is not on here. Like, okay, thank you, media outlet, for not putting that on there. I apologize to those at home who are waiting on the fight of the night. Um, it was Dominic Cruz and Pedro Munoz. That's awesome. That's what I had it as too. So next week, next week we have a very special episode. Um. It's our first annual award show, the 2021 Arties. Is that, was that the inaugural Arties? The yes, that the inaugural the inaugural Art Arties, um, the 2021 Arties, as as they are. Um, I if you want to follow us on TikTok, I've leaked a couple of the uh, the nominees. And also on our website, we have a form on the main page. If you scroll down below, clicking on our recent episodes, there is a link to a form where you can vote. Um, the categories are knockout of the year, submission of the year, referee of the year, breakthrough yep. fighter of the year, um, fight of the year, Comeback Fighter of the Year, Upset of the Year, and then we have that's an easy one. <laughs> what what's your what's your vote there, Ben? You know, for Upset of the Year, probably the Nunez Pena fight. I mean, <laughs> that that I mean, that would be one of the nominees. So yeah, I, I have a feeling that one's that one's pretty good. Um, pretty much a, a shoe and I. We also have Dustin Poirier beating Conor McGregor. In January, as one of the upsets of the year. Oh, interesting! Interesting, Poss possible nominee. Um, we'll uh -huh. see what happens there. And then the final two categories: female fighter of the year and male fighter of the year. So, if you would like to um, have a say in who wins the awards, be sure to go vote. Um, the polls will close whenever we decide to record that episode next week. Um. um. What's up, Ben? I'm trying to think, because we'll be we'll be back in person. We could do it back in person Ooh. next week. We um, we, yeah, we could we could do it virtually. I, when I uh, come up, I would I would prefer to do it in person. Obviously, this is our yeah people. I didn't really make that clear at the beginning, but this is our second um, virtual episode we recorded. This one is being recorded with the microphone. Shout out to my aunt, 
um, for getting me a new microphone for Christmas. I appreciate it. I hope it sounds really good. Um, we'll see. Shout out. I don't know until post recording. This could this could be horrible, Ben. We we might we might not be able to upload this episode. Sounds good to me. But if but if everyone's hearing this, then that means that we did. So yeah. I guess. Um, I want to thank everyone. Our our social media following is growing a little bit. I don't know how much of that is trickling over to our podcast. I would hope at least somewhat it is. Some, but maybe. Um, to all our new listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to us ramble for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Oh my God. And I hope you I continue to, to listen to it. I hope we're at least mildly entertaining to you guys. Um, and from Ben and I, I'd like you guys to have a good morning, good evening, and good night. And we're out. Adios.